1: Yes, 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 do your own damn research, my friends. And then you will find success or, you know, you'll just find out that you can uh, you're pretty good like me at buying the top and selling the bottom. Uh, That is something that also uh, you can do no matter how good your research is. Sometimes that just happens. And, uh, you know, we are, you know, for those that are listening kind of in real time, we are two weeks away from our season finale. For those that are listening kind of on catch up and uh, coming on this journey with us, don't worry. We are keeping on going, going, going. And I can almost guarantee if you're listening to this in the future, we're still rocking and rolling. We are into season two, maybe even season three, uh, because one of the focuses that I've had since day one of the podcast was that I wanted to create really evergreen episodes. I didn't want to be heavy onto NFT projects. I didn't want to be heavy into news. Uh, didn't even really want to go super deep um, into you know uh, data, real time data, just because I, you know, I understand that n- not only is is it a crap load of content doing a daily podcast? But I also know like we are at different pieces of our journey. And one of the things that I think is beautiful about this is that, you know, when someone asks me, like, Brian, what should they do? Should they start at the beginning or should they, you know, start now? And, you know, one of the things that I look at it is like y- you can jump around, right? You, if, you know, and, you know, I, w- I was just going to sing that was going to be really bad. I was going to do a little jump around. Like, that's a little sign of my age right there. When I say jump around, there is a, immediately a song that comes to my to my mind I think that's a little uh Sugar Hill Gang um but um you know, with without that being said, uh, I like that you can jump around, right? You don't have to, you know, you can go in order. I know some people, uh, We had a couple people posting our Discord recently, and I, I want to shout out them for, I think they're like on around episode 20 or 25, and they're, they're, they said they're listening to an old episode, then they're listening to one of the new ones so that they can kind of slowly stay up to date for now, but also go back. And uh, I just love that feedback. I love that part uh, of the podcast. And one of the things that I think was really a big, uh, you know, catalyst for me getting into NFTs was the understanding of what the creator economy is? And I have to say, I don't think it's talked about a lot when it comes to um, nft podcasts or even crypto podcasts. And I think part of that reason is that you know a creator economy, just like you know if we look at some of the um, the creator business models that exist, uh, for the most part, every single creator business model that I've ever. You know, encountered you know from YouTubers to podcasters to uh, you know TikTok stars to you know even uh, you know entrepreneurs building you know masterminds or online courses. One of the only things that is a guarantee is that almost everyone has a different business model, right? And and different different sort uh, you know sources of income. And you know, I want to give a you know a shout out to the you know I would say the the current king Poobab, uh of all creators, Mr. Beast. Uh, Mr. Beast is currently raising a fund uh, for his, uh, you know, his enterprise, uh, and I believe it was eva- his his brand was evaluated at uh, a 1.5 billion with a B, 1.5 billion dollars. Uh, he also said uh, on the full sale, oh, the full send podcast recently uh, that one somebody actually offered him a billion dollars for his brand and he turned them down, uh, which is just kind of wild to think of, and you know, it also. You know it also hit me yesterday. Um, you know we I was watching the amazon prime uh, telecast, anyone that was watching the football, Amazon prime telecast last night. Um, the they actually had um, a couple creators on uh, at halftime uh, of the show uh, of the you know of the of the actual NFL game. And I'll just tell you I met some of those creators uh, in twenty fourteen. Uh, at at an event. It was at an event for, um, it was for for Snapchat and live streaming uh, influencers. And I was there as a live streaming influencer. Uh, And it was funny because when I met them, they were down to earth. They had just hit over a thousand subscribers. Um, They were kind of figuring out, uh, you know, their whole, uh, you know, their whole world. Uh, And now uh, they're building a like a hundred million dollar headquarters. And it's just kind of wild to see. And I think it's such a, a cool aspect, and and I and I think you know for me, I've said this for a long while, and I think I'm in the uh, in in, I think I'm in the minority when it comes to my my opinion on the word influencer, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you know being an influencer has paid. Uh, my bills and generated revenue for me for eight plus years. Uh, I'm very blessed to say that. I, I don't take that lightly. I know I'm. Uh, I am very fortunate to have you know made um, some you know really great money uh, as a B two B enterprise technology inter- influencer. Right. I, I don't have a massive audience like you might think of with some of the B2C influencers. But when I came to B2B, you know, enterprise tech, you know, IBM, Dell, Samsung, SAP, Hewlett Packard, uh, Amazon Web Services, those are brands that have hired me, uh, you know, Adobe, Oracle, those are ones that have hired me over the years um, as an influencer. And so I've always looked at as being an influencer as something that I take a great pride in. But I, I also understand that The word influencer can oftentimes, depending on who you're bringing it up to, it can really bring up a certain um, feeling, a certain uh, impression, right? And uh, when someone says influencer to like my mom, my mom will immediately think of Kim Kardashian. I think would be who my mom would think of as uh, as an influencer. And you know, depending on you know if it, if you go celebrity or if you go um, you know somebody that was an overnight star like a you know a Charlie uh with TikTok. Like I mean, if think, it's kind of wild to think that when the pandemic started. You know, D'Amelio had D'Amelio had less than 1,000 uh, followers on her, her TikTok. And, you know, she's now the most followed TikTok creator in the world. Um, and her entire, you know, family now has built like an enterprise around that. She just recently launched uh, her first song on Spotify. It's actually a pretty good song. I think it got drowned out a little bit by some, some T-Swift lady dropping Midnights, uh, you know, around the same time. But I say all of that because, you know, One of the things that I think is so interesting in this space is like, what are the things that we can learn that allow us to, you know, adapt our messaging and adapt the way we bring things to life? And one of them that I believe has a very strict crossover is when you say the words crypto or NFTs, people have a certain bias and feeling towards that, just like they do with the word influencer. So, if you think about it, when when you say influencer, depending on the crowd, i I know a good friend uh, and and someone that's been on the podcast, Jason Keith here is here in the audience. We're recording live on Twitter spaces and you know in our world of marketers right influencer marketing is not only a multi-billion dollar industry but it's something that we've you know done data and study and analytics and, and built you know brand and business and contracts around but I also know there are other people that have been scammed by influencers or um, that, that have been taken advantage of or that have you know that are shocked that this person you know released a sex tape and now all of a sudden they um, you know are, are worth millions if not billions of of dollars and it's interesting because that same narrative and same bias also comes into the words crypto and nfts hence why reddit did not say that they were selling nfts to their community they were selling digital collectibles that could be used as avatars in the the reddit community right because that narrative matters now one could argue and and this is an argument that i will stand by not every nft is a digital collectible now every digital collectible should be an NFT. but right now in our market where we are currently at at the moment, um, digital collectibles are what a, are what uh, a mass majority or, or a high percentage of NFTs are. But when we connect this back to the creator economy and what I look at when it comes to the creator economy, what I like to think of with the creator economy is that it is about creating, An eco, you know, an ecosphere, um, you know, an economy that allows us to be agnostic of a platform, agnostic of a individual medium, and rather allows us to be able to, you know, buy, share goods, trade value without the limitations of borders, without the limitations of platforms, without the limitations of it being just one directional, right? Because let's face it, for a lot of creators, including myself, I always said that I had to build the, the triangle of trust is why, why I was hired as an influencer. And the triangle of trust is simply a brand trusts me and they know that I have trust with my audience. And the goal of that influencer campaign that they work with me on is to add the bottom layer of that triangle turning allowing my audience to now trust the brand that I'm working with because of the established trust that I have as a creator and i will just say as a creator and as you know that in that triangle it is a very beautiful thing like i i truly believe that you know if we want to talk about what is an influencer or what is influence Influence is about inspiring or motivating or educating or influencing action to be taken, right? It is not about just having numbers of an audience or people to view things, but it's being, if are you able to get people to take action based on what you do, what you say, or who you are? And that to me is how you determine the the influence of somebody, especially as a creator. With all of that being said... When it comes to this discussion of you know a creator economy, one of the things that I've been been uh, kind of tasked with as of recently is that I have a couple friends that are very successful content creators that have no interest in cryptocurrency or NFTs. But they are really close friends of mine, and they've realized that I've stuck around doing this damn podcast for three hundred and sixty five days pretty much pretty sure that they're like, okay, this guy um, is a fan and uh, he's not going anywhere when it comes to uh, NFTs and web three, we better figure out what our play is in web three or what, what our version of web three is. And one of the discussions comes down to the idea is that should you be building, focused on building a community or should you be focused on building content? Which of them comes first? It's kind of like the chicken and the egg conversation, right? Because you know, I I don't believe that we can allow um, you know the idea of um, of community to ever become a buzzword, right? I think that's up to us, and and community really is something that is vital and important. I've said it since day one. I wrote a whole chapter of it for the book that I have not released yet. Um, that uh, is the, the title of that chapter is simply the the future of business is community. And I I wholeheartedly believe that the future of business is community because I believe we are all in the same business. We are in the business of trust. But when it comes to a, a creator economy, I have to also share that, you know, the first thing that I launched before I ever launched one single NFT was a creator coin. And the creator coin, the entire mission of the ADHD creator coin that has now been in existence for over 18 months was that it was allowing me to create an economy that was not just one direction so not only could i give away coins and uh, have people purchase those coins but they could share those coins amongst them amongst each other right so if one person had a service they wanted to provide to the community they could actually take payment or value right in exchange, they could actually take those ADHD coins. And by holding a certain amount of coin, you got a certain level of utility. You know, and then you could of course turn that into either buy certain things or or you know be a part of certain things that exist. And so with all of that being said, that idea of like which where where is the focus content or community, this is an interesting one for me. And, and I'm curious for those that are listening here, what you think my answer is going to be. Because if you think it's content, because it's a pretty easy one to think of. I mean, I've been creating content for 351 days in a row. Um, I've been a content creator myself since 2013. Um, you know, content is something that I wholeheartedly believe in. And so much so that I did not want to launch an NFT project until I put out content in Web3. But if you think I'm going to answer on the community side, that's also probably a pretty valid answer, because if you remember why I decided to create the podcast instead of creating um, an NFT project out of the gate, the real motivation was I didn't believe I had enough trust with the Web3 community yet. So therefore, I was going to build trust and build a community. Therefore, when I dropped the NFT project, when I released what was going to come out next, I would have that community of trust. And I don't have to convince anybody that I'm not going anywhere. I don't have to convince anybody to trust me. I don't have to convince anybody that I am authentic, that I am real, that I will talk about the, the good, the bad, the ugly, that I will omit when my wallet gets hacked, that I will you know, be able to share transparently where um, you know, transactions are going. I don't have to prove that to anyone because the, the blockchain doesn't lie. It's all there altogether. But interestingly enough, when I think about this idea of content and community, this is actually what bleeds into why I don't think Discord is a great home for NFT projects. So the answer to this question on content versus community, on where you're starting your creator economy, the reason that I don't think Discord is the right place for this is because what Discord creates, and it does it beautifully, right? It creates allows us to create conversations amongst you know, exclusive and inclusive groups. And it allows us to gate some of them based on what someone's holding. It allows us to filter some of the conversations. So if you don't want to hear about all of the conversations, you can, you know, kind of dive into certain ones. And so like, that, that's a beautiful component uh, of Discord. The problem with that is it doesn't focus on conversations. It rather focuses on just chat. And I think one of the big missing components of a creator economy is that you need twofold right you need chat where people are interacting with each other but you also need facilitated conversations around content that allow the you know authority and allow you know some kind of value to be established and exchanged and so interestingly enough if you know if i was going to you know kind of look at this whole you know grand scheme one of the things that i would look at is like you know, one could argue when we started this you know, podcast almost a year ago, you know, we probably could have sold out an NFT project and then we could have spent the, the next 11 months building community and probably been very close to the same place that we are right now without having to do the daily podcast. Right. And so the question then becomes like, which would have been easier or more beneficial? And I think the answer comes down to what exactly type of creator economy that you're trying to build because one of the things that I think is so interesting, and I'll use Mr. Beast as an example, and if those aren't familiar with Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast is a, I mean, a YouTuber that spends a million plus dollars creating the, the the perfect thumbnail for his videos. He is a master at creating powerful YouTube con- uh, content. He started off as a guy that would just give away money on his YouTube channel, so someone gave him 10 grand, and he said, I'm going to go give it to a homeless guy on the street. They didn't believe him. He went out there and did it, captured it on video, and then and all of a sudden, started to create this momentum, and he does. I mean, amazing content. He recreated Squid Games. Uh, I can't remember how many millions of dollars he spent uh, recreating a uh, real life uh, Squid Games. Uh, but you know, one of the things that is beautiful about what he's created is he's created so many other. Vehicles and revenue, right? So he has Mr. Beast Burgers, which is a hamburger joint that, when he opened it up, there was over ten thousand people that were in line. That at the venue on the day he opened up his burger joint, uh, last time I checked, Five Guys In and Out Burger they didn't drop uh, a burger joint with ten thousand people outside the line. He also has a candy bar line. He has, I mean, masses amounts uh, of this enterprise that he's been building. But I would say not every person, not every creator, not every entrepreneur wants to build a creator economy that is built around content creation being the fundamental core, right? And so that's where I think this conversation should be really kind of what we have to take a step back and think about is like, what is the value that you are providing? Is that value access? Is that value experiences? Is that a value events? One could argue, this is a really interesting one. What is Gary V's and V Friends? Is it is V Friends around the content or around the community? Now, Gary V could probably go down as one of the greatest content creators of our generation, and I don't think anyone could freaking argue with that. And if you would, I, I would I would challenge you in a heartbeat on that. As he is, you know, you don't have to love him or you know or hate him. You can admit that he has he has mastered the personal brand and the content creation um, uh, to a success that very few can um, you know can compete with. But one of the things that's interesting is Gary has been known for his content, right? I own every book that he's created. The first book that the way I discovered Gary V was when I read when I I didn't read, be careful. When I bought Crush It <laughs> and I thumbed through Crush It and then when the audiobook came out, I listened to the audiobook. Uh and that was but way back in 2011, 2012 probably, I think when that book came out and Gary built all of that around content. But when he launched V Friends, what was the utility of V Friends? The main utility of V Friends was that you were gonna get three passes for three in real life events over the next three years. He had the first one this past year at um, in Minneapolis, uh, VCon. I was lucky enough to be one of the people that went there. It was Um, my my benchmark for that event was pretty low, not because I didn't believe in Gary, but just because I think NFT events have, have really struggled to provide valuable content as well as valuable experiences. And VCon still to this day, till right now, Vcon is the best Web three event that I have attended, hands down, no questions asked. And I will tell you, I did not expect that. I did not, um, you know, believe that was going to be the case. But one could argue what Gary V is building Vfriends around and his creator economy is ultimately the IP of Vfriends and event experiences, not the content that Gary V puts out on, you know, the Gary V podcast or on his YouTube or on his TikTok or on so. The, the bigger conversation on this, I think for everyone that's listening, is that you also have to think about this from an investor or a collector perspective, right? Are you joining or buying an NFT because the NFT is going to give you either more access to content or access to people that care about the same content? Or is the utility that you're going to get going to be experiences or access to people or maybe it's products and services, right? I, I own a lot of NFTs that give me software, right? I, I If you own, you know, a couple of the NFTs I own, I get... You're know, like the floor NFT is a good example, right? I own the floor NFT that gives me access to the floor app on my, on my, I, my iOS device, which is an NFT monitoring software, right? There is not, there's no content with that. And there's really, I mean, yes, they have a discord, but I w- one would argue they have a network. They don't really have a community around that. And it's not throwing shade. It's actually, I, I think this is actually a key component of this conversation is that I don't think community for every creator economy looks the same, And I also don't think the value of content is the same for every creator economy. And so my answer to content or community first is actually neither. (laughs) My answer is actually business model first. And I think the thing with business model that I don't want people to get hooked up on is that the reason I hate saying that and even gives me a little bit of my skin crawls a little bit when I say that is because oftentimes the reason we don't press the damn button Is because we're trying to figure out how are we going to monetize this? What is the business goals of this? How am I going to make money on this? What is the long-term version of this? And I will tell you, if I was figuring out a business model of this podcast, right now I'd be still thinking about pressing the damn button. We would have zero episodes because I did not have a business model set up for this project. But what I did have is an understanding that my goal of creating this content every single day was not short-term not short-term, not even in the slightest. My, I, my concept was, you know what? We're going to establish ourselves as a trusted resource and authority in this space that can be looked at five years from now. Five years from now, there will be one podcast that decided to do a daily podcast in 2021 and 2022. One podcast. It was ours. There's no one else that has done it. There's no one else that has done it since, at least any that I know of. And if they have, uh, I'm here to cheer them on, champion them. You can hit me up with a DM. I would love to know any other podcast that has been going as long, doing a daily show every single day, 365 days. Now, the part of this that I think is important when it comes to the creator economy and what I've learned with the ADHD coin with the NFTs, and this is the one I want everybody to lean in on real quick. Creating and delivering utility is freaking hard, takes a lot of work, takes a lot of time, and it takes a team. I I really believe majority of NFT projects that launched last year underestimated two things. How, how much work it takes to build a community and how much work and time and effort it takes to deliver on utility. And it shouldn't be that big of a surprise, but it is. And I, for one, have had to, to reap the, the downsides of that because sometimes, I know this is going to come as a surprise to everyone that's listening, sometimes my mouth says things before my brain or my team is aware of what the hell I'm going to say. And sometimes I will say things like, we're going to do this and this, and we're going to do it for everyone that's here in the community. And my team is like, what the hell did you just kind of agree for us to do? And the problem is I'm one that wants to deliver and wants to be, you know, the example that I can set to everyone else where, uh, you know, sometimes my, you know, (laughs) sometimes it's hard for my ass to cash the checks that my mouth is, uh, that is, (laughs) that my mouth is writing. And, and part of that has been a lesson for me, a lesson that I've learned over these last 11 months is, Hey, Brian, you don't have to tell everyone everything before you're able to bake things out. And just because you want to take some time to plan things doesn't mean it won't be less successful. Or, hey, Brian, you don't need to throw everything out there with utility and with all these you know a hundred things on top of it, people will value less, and then you can add on as you go. And so when I think about the creator economy, and I think back to when I launched the ADHD coin, first of all, when I launched the ADHD coin, I just thought it was a it was a replacement for the Patreon. Like I had built out a Patreon. Uh, plan. And then I was like, Oh, okay, I'll just launch a coin. And then people can buy with their coin. And then people were like, wait, they don't buy with their coin. They just hold a certain amount of coin and then they get access. And I was like, Well, how the hell do I make money from them holding something like that doesn't make sense? And then that's where the holder mindset came in. And I did a whole episode on that uh, a while back for anyone. that uh, I think it's an episode that I would definitely recommend people to listen to on the holder mindset. Right. How do you how do you build a holder mindset with your community? And what I mean by a holder mindset is that you're going to give them value because they're holding an NFT or holding a coin or they're holding a certain amount of NFTs. But getting people to that point takes a long while. Because Web2 did not have a holder mindset. Like, what did you have in Web2 that you got a product or service by simply holding for something, not paying for it? Like, I can't think of anything. I'll wait. I can't think of anything, right? If I wanted an online course, I didn't just follow someone online. I had to pay for the online course. And let's face it, we did about 20% of that online course. Then I forgot about the online course or I was bored or I didn't like the online course. And then I was like, damn, why did I buy that online course? But that's just kind of the Web2 world of it. In this world, it's like, hey, hold our NFT for six months, you get six months of access to our online course. Well, that changes the entire dynamic because guess what? When I get tired of the course or if that course sucks, guess what I get to do? I get to eject and sell my NFT. So what I look at this, when I look at the creator economy, what my answer to this whole, like, this whole puzzle and as I pull this together is that I believe creators have to deliver higher quality content if they want to build a, a creator economy and if they want to really build out a community, they need to empower more people to be community managers. They need to understand that community is not built overnight. It can be lost overnight, but it is not built overnight. And they have to also understand that just because you're building content does not mean you have a community. And just because you're building a community does not mean people are going to stay around for forever. There are plenty of people that have built a great community that stopped delivering shared value for all that were involved and people left that community. It wasn't because the community wasn't great, but it was because the value that was going to be provided or promised either utility or, you know, you know, let's just say passive income, whatever that may be, that kind of fell off. And so I hope that gets you thinking a little bit about you know the creator economy and where this is all going. I also think something that's beautiful about the Creator economy is that you don't need to build content and be Mr. Beast or Gary Vaynerchuk. I know I use them both as an example, but the reason that they're they're the exception and they're what worked in Web two is because they're the one percenters. I firmly believe in web three. If you understand content and community, and the power of conversations that you can build a thriving creator economy with a thousand true fans, with 2000 true fans. You no longer need to be the 1% on YouTube. You no longer need to be the best podcaster in the world. You no longer, honestly, you no longer need to do a daily freaking podcast. (laughs) Like, honestly, I approach this like a web two person. Like how do I, how do I own the market, capture SEO and provide massive amount of value? I'm going to be a Web2 marketer, and I'm just going to blitz the hell out of this market. Because right now, when you go into any podcasting app and you type in any of the buzzwords of NFTs, I can almost guarantee our podcast comes up on that first page of results. Hey, and I'm very proud of that. And that's a very powerful byproduct. But I don't believe that is a necessary evil to build a creator economy that allows you to be successful, allows you to monetize and create value, and then ultimately provide value for your audience. The last thing I, I, I will say, it's the reason I love the creator economy more so than anything else, is it is the true essence of the rising tide lifts all ships. Unlike anything I've ever experienced in Web 2, never in Web 2 did I feel like, wow, joining this community, and if this person that, that started the community, if they become more successful, I'm going to grow with them. And it was no offense to any of those creators. I've I've paid thousands and thousands of dollars to be part of masterminds, be part of groups, be part of a really amazing Web2 communities. But for the most part, those Web2 leaders, they became successful making millions of dollars, selling out events, becoming keynote speakers, $40,000 on stage. And those of us that were there early were just their champions, their fans that bought their books, bought their services, and are still thankful for the value they provided. But ultimately, our ship didn't rise as their tide rose. If a creator economy is designed correctly and designed in the essence that we have shared value and ownership in what we're building, I believe the rising tide lifts all ships. And I don't know about you, but I love the idea of being a part of something that together we grow. Because let's face it, the mantra of the podcast, it's even on my hoodie right now, which I'm wearing one of our new merches, is uh, we is greater than me. And I'm very thankful for each and every one of you for listening to this episode. Maybe if it's your first episode, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you hit that beautiful subscribe button on whichever podcasting app that you're listening to. I thank you for hitting subscribe. We promise that we are trying our very best to deliver as high quality content as possible. If you've been listening to every show... Damn, that's a lot of fans, though, and I appreciate you for putting up with me for all that time. And if you're jumping in and out, maybe you're listening to this on replay, I just want to say thank you for being a part of this Web3 journey. I do believe there are so many great people in this world, so many great people around us, and together we're going to build great things together. We just have to find more technology, find more ways to expand, to grow together. So uh, last thing I want to say is you know, we we dropped our number nine and number 10 of our AI art collection. And and for those that aren't familiar, you know, the AI art is inspired by every 30 days of buying an NFT. So next week will be drop number 11, which will actually be our last drop uh, in this collection that will be for sale. So we will have 11 more NFTs that will drop uh, next Friday at 11, 11 a.m. And then only those that hold one of these 11, 11 projects, um, we'll be able to, to get the claim for the 12th one, uh, the AI art. And I just have to say, you know, we crossed over $10,000 USD in, in how much money we've made on this AI art project. And, um, yeah, it still kind of gives me a little bit of the chills trying to, uh, you know, admitting that I am an AI artist and that I am an NFT artist, but it is proven that not only do you, you know, value the, the art that I've been creating and putting out there, but, um, you know, you've kind of come to my uh, to my rescue and, and really empowered me to create some really cool things. Uh, we're creating a, a pretty cool art piece for our PO app for London. So if you're going to be at NFT London, uh, make sure you come find me because there's a PO app and that art is actually going to become an NFT that you have a, a chance of being uh, winning in a drawing. Um, we also have some NFT art that is going to be going out, um, you know, as some collections. I have a really couple really cool collaborations with some other artists that are in the work as well. And I just have to say, thank you. I have to say thank you because in a weird way, the community has been rallying together and valuing my content, which is that AI art. And in a way, uh, I am truly blessed. And you know, by doing so, you're giving me the opportunity to invest more into my team, invest more of my time in creating this podcast, and hopefully just continuing to create value and show up for each and every one of you each and every day. So with that being said, my friends, as always, until tomorrow, we're getting closer to 365. Make it a great day. Cheers.
0: The Mint 365 Collection 100-Day Countdown is on. We're counting down to November 11th when we'll auction off all 365 NFTs as one collection, including a custom mosaic of all the art. Want to bid on this one-of-a-kind Web3 time capsule? For details, keep listening to NFT 365.